0: Good morning. Um, This morning, um, we're going to be reading um, 1 John. Over the next few weeks, we're going to be looking at the book of 1 John. So we're going to start in chapter 1 this morning. We're going to be reading verses 1 to 4. So that's on page 1054 in the Black Bibles. Let me pray before we read. Father God, we thank you for your word. We thank you that we can gather together now and read it together now too. Father, I pray that you will give us ears to hear and hearts to understand what it is you want to say to us this morning. Amen. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have touched, This we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared. We have seen it and testify to it. And we proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard, so that you also may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We write this to make our joy complete.
1: Well, hello again. It'd be great to keep uh, that part of the word open. So we're going to be looking at that for the next little while. Uh, but I would I pray uh, for God's help as we do that. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word given to us, and we pray now, Lord, please be at work in us today by your spirit to receive your word and to truly know the life and fellowship that is found with you in it. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Well, how can we know God? Uh, just this week, I heard a story of a Christian lady who used to go to church, uh, and she went, used to go regularly. And when her pastor called her up to see how she was going, uh, she said she was going well and she had no need uh, to come along to church anymore. She discovered a new, broader way of knowing and experiencing God. The new way of knowing God had, had no need for the Bible or for gathering with God's people. Uh, When the pastor asked her what she meant, uh, she went on to say how she experiences God and feels close to Him nearly every day. Uh, When she meditates, when she reads poetry, uh, she spoke about how she sits in nature and prays to God, and then waits to hear His voice. She said that's how she knows and senses God now. I wonder what do you make of that? Do you think that's that's strange? Uh, Or does any part of you maybe uh, have some kind of attraction to that, you know? Is knowing God just a a matter of solitude and silence? Having these practices, uh, sitting in nature and praying and hearing God audibly speak to you. Is that the way to truly know God? Uh, Well, in an age where uh, everyone is making claims on truth, where your own individual way of looking and thinking about God and the world is affirmed as right, is it possible at all to claim to know God with any sense of certainty? For those of us here who, who claim to know God, how can we be sure what we believe about Him is right and true? How can we be sure that the truth we hold to in the Bible is true? The world would say our beliefs about God from the Bible, they're backward outdated, maybe even dangerous, and the, the pressure to conform to what the world says and believes about God is immense. I wonder, do you feel this pressure, the pressure to compromise on what the Bible says? Or I wonder, do doubts ever rise in your mind that make you question your trust in God? How do you personally know God? Do you have confidence that what you know about God is true? Do you have confidence that your eternal life with him is assured? Well, as we start this letter, this new series in 1 John, we're going to see that the author of this letter, John, who was one of Jesus' closest friends and followers, he wrote this letter to followers of Jesus to assure them. To, to prov- to, to, he wrote it to provide them with certainty that what they know about God is the truth. He wanted to assure them that they know the one and only way to know God. A key purpose statement uh, for this letter is found at the back of this letter. It's going to come up on the screen. It's in 1 John 5 verse 13. He says this. He says, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. John wrote this letter to followers of Jesus so that they would rely on the message that he's proclaimed to them. The message that gives eternal life with God. Because not unlike today, when John wrote this letter, there was a variety of opinions about how to know God. There was pressure from the world to conform and undermine the message of God. But there wasn't just pressure from the world. There was pressure from false teachers those who used to be part of the church, those who were a- actively trying to lead people away from the message John had first taught them. And so John, compelled out of love, writes this letter to encourage his brothers and sisters to stand firm in the message he preached to them. He wants to help them navigate truth and error, to help them sift through the right way to know God and the wrong way. It's helpful to know this, this letter of John's. it was a, It's a circular letter, It was not written to a a particular church or a person, but it was written to be passed around from church to church. And so here we have it in our hands today to reassure us, to give us confidence that what we know about God from the Bible is right and true. But even more than that, to help us truly and personally know God and the life that can be found with him. So how can we know God? Well, John this morning is going to give us three truths from these opening first few verses that will give us confidence and assure us that we have all we need to know right here in our hands. John's going to firstly show us that God has made himself known to us in Jesus. Secondly, he's going to show us that Jesus reveals to us what God is like. And then thirdly, Jesus is revealed to us by eyewitness testimony. So firstly, God has made himself known to us in Jesus. Have a a look there with me at verses 1 and 2 again. It says, That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have touched, this we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared, we have seen it and testify to it and we proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and has appeared to us. There's lots going on in these verses. We're going to unpack lots of it. There's a key word I want to draw your attention to, and it's the word appeared. The life appeared. That which was with the Father has appeared. God has made himself known to us by appearing to us. And he appeared in the person of Jesus. He is the life that has appeared. He is the one that was with the Father that has appeared to us. God's big reveal to the world was in sending Jesus into the world. God has not left us guessing. We don't have to go and try and figure out who He is. No, He's appeared. So we can know Him. I remember some friends of mine uh, when they were having their first baby. Uh, they were excited for the day to meet their first child. And I remember chatting to them one time after they went and had their first ultrasound. Uh, I asked them if they were going to find out, you know, what they were having, what what gender the baby was. But they said, no, 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 we're going to wait. But they went on to tell me that during this ultrasound, you know, they caught a glimpse of something on the screen. Uh, They were pretty sure, you know, from that moment on, they were going to be having a baby boy. They They were so sure that they actually started calling the baby Liam. But you know, when the day came for this baby to be born, you know what happened? Some people are nodding, yet Liam wasn't born. But Jessica was. You see, my friends uh, thought they knew what this baby would be, but until it appeared in their arms, they could only guess. And it's the same with God. Unless he chooses to reveal himself to us, we can only guess what he's like. But God hasn't left us guessing He has chosen to reveal himself. He has appeared to us in Jesus. And he appeared supremely at census time in Bethlehem over 2,000 years ago. You see, until the birth of Jesus, the words of the prophets had been kind of like ultrasounds. They would provided an outline, a picture. But until Jesus appeared, it wasn't very clear. But Jesus, born in a manger... Jesus walking the streets of Nazareth. Jesus healing the sick and the lame. Jesus dying on a cross and then rising from the dead three days later. He made it abundantly clear who he was. He is God with us. God has made himself known to us by appearing before us. And that brings us to our second point. What Jesus reveals to us about God. And what's, what's Jesus like? I wonder, how would you describe Jesus? What would be the characteristics of Jesus that you would start with? Have a look at how John begins in verse 1. Have a look at there. He says, That which was from the beginning. This opening verse has a very Genesis-type feel to it, doesn't it? In the beginning was God. And John, he uses this language on purpose. Because John wants to point us to Jesus' eternal nature. John wants us to know that Jesus was around before he appeared. Jesus was around from the beginning. These words of John here at the start of this letter echo his words from his gospel account in John. Have a look at these words. He says this in John chapter 1. In the beginning was the word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Jesus is eternal. He is God, the creator of life. And incredibly, outrageously, he enters into the world he made as a baby to show us the very face of God. Jesus is eternal. And he's called, did you see what he's called there at the end of verse 1? He's called the word of life. And what do words do? Well, words communicate. Words, they make the unknown known. Words are how we get to know people, isn't it? I remember when I first developed a crush on my wife, Mel. All I wanted to do was talk to her. I wanted to get to know her, to understand her, what made her tick. Words grow and foster relationship. And Jesus is God's word to us. He is God's conversation with us. Jesus is how we get to know God. You want a word from God? Jesus is that word from God. And he gives eternal life. Have a look at verse 2. He goes on to say, This life appeared. We've seen it and testify to it. We proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and has appeared to us. Jesus, as the word of life, speaks into our greatest need, our greatest need as death-bound sinners. Jesus is named eternal life because that's what he is and that's what he offers us. The one who has no start or end to his life offers us boundless life with him. 1 John chapter 5, verse 11 says this. It says, God has given us eternal life and this life is in his son. Jesus is our source of life. New life now for those who trust in him, but life beyond death. Life free from judgment into eternity. Let me ask you, do you have this eternal life with Jesus? Life beyond the grave. Life where death has no victory. Do you have this eternal life? Now, when we think about eternity, I think we can often think about endless time. Or an end to suffering, but there's more to it than that. Jesus wants us to join Him in eternity. Eternal life is life in relationship with Him. Alexander Archibald, an American theologian in the 1800s, said this. He says, Jesus is the centre of attraction in heaven. Some of us might think of heaven as being a party with our mates. Or seeing loved ones again. But first and foremost, it's about Jesus. It's about seeing Jesus. Having relationship with Jesus. And if that doesn't excite you, maybe you haven't grasped truly how great Jesus is. Jesus reveals to us what God is like because he is God. He is the eternal word of life. But maybe some of you are sitting there and you're thinking, how can we be sure? How can we have confidence that he is the way to know God? That he is the only way to eternal life? Well, that brings us to our third point. And that's that Jesus is revealed to us by eyewitness testimony. These opening verses of John read a little bit like a courtroom testimony. John here is testifying to what he saw. Have a look there with me at verse verse 1 again. It says, That which was from the beginning, which we've heard, which we've seen with our eyes, which we've looked at, and our hands have touched. John here, he's bending over backwards to make his point. He is saying, I was there. I saw Jesus. Jesus. I heard Jesus. I ate with Jesus. I touched the resurrected, death-defeating Jesus. John writes this to give us assurance that the message he proclaims about Jesus is real. The message he proclaims is what he saw with his very own eyes. Actually, the whole New Testament is eyewitness testimony so that we can have no doubt what we believe, what we read about Jesus is true. Some people might think that believing in Jesus is, is just about taking a blind leap of faith, that it's about switching your mind off at the door and just believing. makes me think of an old Indiana Jones movie. Uh, the, I think it's the, the Last Crusade, if you've seen it. Uh, Indiana Jones is on this quest to find this treasured artefact but his quest is thwarted as he comes to this deadly chasm. You know He needs to get to the other side, but there's this big gap in between him. And you know what he does? Indiana Jones, he steps out. He takes this blind leap of faith into the unknown. And his foot lands on the ground, this pathway that was there all along. Is that what believing in Jesus is like? that it's this risky, against all odds, leap of faith. No, that's not what faith in Jesus is about. Jesus is revealed to us by eyewitness testimony, multiple eyewitness testimony. That's why even in the first verse of John here, he uses the word we, the language of we is included, because it's not just John who saw Jesus, but Matthew, Mark, Mark, Luke, Paul, over 500 people saw Jesus after he rose from the dead. All these people saw, heard, touched and proclaimed to us the message about Jesus so that we can have certainty and assurance what we're reading here is the truth. We step out not in blind faith, but well-reasoned, confident faith. Faith grounded on the sure message given to us by eyewitnesses. To ignore or dismiss the eyewitness testimony to Jesus is a blind mistake. So where does that leave us? How can we know God? Well, have a look with me there at verse 3. John says, We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard so that you also may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. John here is inviting us to have fellowship with him and the other eyewitnesses. And through them, have fellowship with God. Through the message they proclaim to us is how we can know God and have relationship with him. Here's a bit of a visual for the visual learners out there to help you grasp what's going on in this verse. Uh, So God has made himself known to us in the person of Jesus. The Word become flesh. He was real, physical, touchable. He lived. He died. He rose from the grave. John and the other eyewitnesses saw this. They touched him. They wrote it down and they've shared it with us. They wrote it all down so that we can have certainty and know God from the message they've preached to us. But the question is, is there another way? Is there another way to know God? Could we kind of bypass them, if you like? Could we bypass John's words? Could we bypass the words of the Bible? Could we come to know God from sitting in nature and waiting to hear him speak to us? Could we come to know God through some spiritual experience or ritual? The answer from John here is no. You come to know God via the eyewitnesses, by opening up our Bibles. That's how you come to know God. That's where you meet God face to face in the person of Jesus. And you know what? That means we can rest easy we can be assured we have everything we need to know right here in front of us. We're not missing out on something. We don't need some extra spiritual experience or special word from God. We have his word that gives life right here in front of us. We have this eyewitness, trustworthy word that we can rely on for life. One John chapter four, verse six, says, "We, that's John and the other eyewitnesses, are from God, and whoever knows God listens to us, but whoever is not from God does not listen to us. We can know God by what He's given us here in the Bible, by how He has revealed himself to us through the pages of Scripture. It's quite simple. You want to know God? Start by reading His Word given to us. You want to experience closeness with God? Start by looking at the person of Jesus revealed to us in the Bible. For those of us who have been around church for a while, for those of us who who would say we might have trusted Jesus for a while, it can be so easy, though, can't it, to, to be distracted or to be, to be led away from this simple, brilliant message of Jesus. And it was the same in John's day. Some had moved on from Jesus. They'd been distracted and led astray by other things. They turned away from the message of Jesus proclaimed to them. Makes me think of the character Doug in the movie Up. I don't know if you know this movie Doug's claim to fame (coughs) is that he's easily distracted he'll be talking away about something and then he'll stop and notice a bird or a squirrel or a bird a, 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 a ball he's a beautiful character and he illustrates perfectly what dogs are like they can be doing something in one moment and the next off distracted led astray doing something else and we can be like that too But John's urging us today, don't be like Doug. Don't be distracted or or led astray from the simple, brilliant message of Jesus. Don't be distracted from the world pressing in on us. But don't be distracted by getting caught up focusing on other things. Just how was the world created? Squirrel. I couldn't tell you how many hours I've spent reading, thinking, listening to things, arguments about this topic. Or have you had this amazing experience of the Spirit? Have you had that? Squirrel. Or have you seen, you know, the current world events and how they map out with the book of Revelation? Squirrel. God has given us His Son. He has made himself known to us in Jesus. But we can easily feel like we're missing out. That there must be more to experience. There must be more to know or feel about God. But we mustn't get distracted from Jesus. We mustn't be led astray or depart from the central message of the Bible that God himself became flesh, dwelt among us so that we can know him. Anything that leads us away from focusing on Jesus leads us away from eternal life, leads us away from the truth and into error. So let me ask you Do you know God? Have you read the Bible for yourself? Have you come face to face with the living God? Have you come to Jesus and received the eternal life that is on offer in him? And if you're someone here today who knows Jesus, how are you seeking to grow your relationship with him? How are you seeking to be grounded and focused on the simple, brilliant message of Jesus? This week, I read a story about an Iranian pastor He's a pastor in a persecuted church and he laments the fact that so many in his church do not read the Bible. They don't read the Bible, but they're praying to God for a special vision or a special word from him. They're seeking an experience or an encounter from God rather than going to the message of Jesus proclaimed to them. The pastor said this. He said, They've got it all backwards. All they need has been given to them in the Bible. They just need to open it. I wonder, are we not the same? Can we take the Bible for granted, the very words of eternal life given to us? You see, the Bible is not just words on paper, but it's the very words of eternal life. It's in the pages of the Bible we meet the word of life. It's in the words of the Bible alone that we can confidently know God and have relationship with Him. It's through the words of the Bible God speaks to us, God comforts us, and God assures us. You want to know God? You want to experience closeness and intimacy with God? then open up his word. You want to be assured of eternal life? Open up your Bible. The message and person of Jesus revealed to us in the Bible should captivate us. It's what we should talk about. It's what we should stay focused on. It's so simple a child can understand it, but it's so beautiful and profound that you can spend your lifetime delighting and growing in him. J.C. Ryle, an old Church of England bishop, says this. He says, No one ever thought too much about Jesus. Let's pray that we'd be a church that never strays from the message of Jesus. And that we'd be a people who soak ourselves in his word every day because by it we know God and have life forever with him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we praise you that you have made yourself known to us in Jesus. We praise you that you have given us the words of eternal life. Help us, Father, to never stray from your word which has been given to us. Help us to to daily draw near to you, to seek you in your word and in your son. And help us know with confidence and assurance the life that we have in him. And it's in Jesus' precious name we pray.